0: You're listening to the teaching ministry of Rhea Briscoe, a division of Snowdrop Ministries. For more information about Rhea or how to connect with Snowdrop Ministries, please visit our website at www.snowdropministries.com or you can call 414-581-8150. We pray you are both blessed and challenged by this teaching.
1: No weapon formed against you will prosper because you've made the Lord your dwelling place, because you have your home in him. Psalm 91 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely, somebody say surely. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you that the promises of your word are yea and amen for those who believe and we believe, Lord God. Teach us, Father, what it means to be hidden in you. Teach us, Lord, what it means to find our refuge, our safe place in you, Lord. Father, I pray that you would begin to take each one of us deeper deeper in you, Lord. We want to know you better. We want to we love you better, Lord. We want to serve you better. But Father, we want to know what it means to truly be intimate with you, to truly be connected with you, to taste of the things of God like we've never tasted before. Father, I pray that you would give us hearts that seek heart after you, that we would hunger and thirst after righteousness. Lord, that your word would come alive in each one of us and we would begin to see you, Lord, like we've never seen you before. Oh, Father, you know that, that I'm I'm hesitant to, to teach this message. It's it's it's, I, I, it's not in my mind enough. And But Lord, I just thank you that it's in your mind because it's your word and I have the mind of Christ. And Lord, I just pray that my ears would be anointed to hear your voice and, and that I would say only what the Father tells me to say. But Lord, that I'd say it with a boldness and a power and authority, Lord, that comes only from you. Thank you that I'm seated in the heavenlies with you. Lord, it's from that place I want to minister tonight. Lord, let me speak your words. And, Lord, let it be received not as the words of man, but as the very words of God. Father, we give you your rightful place here. Lord, we say come and fill this place afresh and anew with the power of your presence. Hover over each man and woman in this place tonight. And, Lord, let your word be just, wing your word right into their hearts and their minds. And, Lord, let it stick. I'm praying for a good harvest. Lord God, your seed is a good seed. And, Lord, good seed reaps a good harvest. And I'm praying for that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Surely, he says, surely. That's a statement of confidence. It's a statement of assurance. It's him saying, I know that God is able to do this. And can I just tell you that I know that God is able to do this. Don, can we get my mic just turned down a bit? I'm getting feedback. I know that my God is able to do this. I know it. And what the, the writer of this psalm is saying is, he's saying, I made the Lord my dwelling place. I have my home in him. I know him. Because you see, when you are intimate with somebody, you know them. I, I always say, when, when when Davey calls me, he doesn't have to say, hey baby, this is Dave. He just has to, he, he can clear his throat and I know it's him. Because I'm intimate with him, I recognize his voice. I, I know what he's, sometimes he'll he'll do something and I know before he's even going to do it what he's going to do because I know that man. I, I'm intimate with that man. And can I tell you, that's the kind of heart I want with God. I want to know him so well. I be so intimate with him that that I just know. I know what he's going to do. And can I tell you, I know he can deliver you. I know he wants to deliver you. I know his heart. And that's what the psalmist is saying here. He's saying, I know my God. I made him my dwelling place. You can trust me when I say this. Surely he will deliver you. You see, some of you are sitting here tonight and you're in bondage. You're captive to something and you're thinking that you just have to suck it up and live that way for the rest of your life. Can I just tell you? Surely my God will deliver you. Surely he will. And I talk to you about addiction, I talk to you about uh, just all kinds of, of bondages that we, we, just, we, we look at some things and we just see them as bigger bondages than others. You know, you can look at somebody who's an alcoholic and say, major bondage. You can look at somebody who's a drug addict and say, major bondage. You can look at somebody who has an eating disorder and say, major bondage. But you know what? Sometimes you don't look at yourself and say, bitterness, major bondage. Unforgiveness, major bondage. Religiosity, major bondage. Self-pity, major bondage jealousy, major bondage, controlling, major bondage. And we don't want to look at ourselves. Can I just tell you, I don't care who you are. I don't care what kind of bondage you're in tonight. Surely my God will deliver you. I'm confident of it. I'm assured of it. I I love the scripture that says, I am fully persuaded that God is able. Can I tell you, I've just been around them long enough. I am fully persuaded that I don't care what has you tonight. My God is able. My God is able. Do you understand these stories that we give you week after week, uh, we are not making this stuff up. We couldn't make good stuff like this up if we tried. We are we're as astounded as you are. We're getting these stories, and we are blown away by what God is doing. I'm telling you, he is able. He is able. And when we talk about a physical healing, I'm excited about a physical healing. But can I tell you what's even better? Because, you know, somebody can get healed of a, of, a, of a lame leg, and they can be a nasty mean, hateful person. I think the bigger healing is a heart, a heart, a mindset. Surely, surely my God will deliver you. He's saying this is my experience. I'm telling you what he will do. He says, surely he, he's going back to those names of God we've covered the last couple weeks. The Lord, El Shaddai, the great I Am, Elohim, the God who means what he says, who keeps his word. God most high, the God who's not just high, he's most high. God almighty, the God who's not just mighty, he's almighty. He's saying, surely that's the one who's going to deliver you. He he is the one and he's the only one that can deliver you. Can I just tell you, it's not AA. It's not an eating disorder clinic. It's not a treatment center. It's not the best Christian counselor in town. I know they're good. I'm not saying anything against them. But I'm going to tell you what, without God, those people can't do it either. Surely, my God will deliver you. You see, until you get into him, until you realize that he is all you need, The woman with the issue of blood, the Word says that she spent all she had. She was hemorrhaging for 12 years. See, there are some of you that have been hemorrhaging a whole long time. And I'm not talking about blood. I'm talking about anger and bitterness and hatred and and self-pity and you're hemorrhaging and that's flowing out of you and you have no control over it. And the Word says that that woman was so desperate to get well that she spent everything she had going from doctor to doctor. And she didn't get better. She only grew worse. You see, that's what happens when we try to do it our way without God but I'm telling you, surely my God will deliver you. But until you cry out to him, until you cling to him with everything you have, you can look under every other tree, every other rock, every other, every place else in this world, but only he can deliver you, only he can. That word deliver means the power of one entity overcoming the power of another. I love that, because who knows, we have an enemy. We have an enemy who, who is powerful. He is. That's just the reality of it. But can I just tell you what? He's not more powerful than you because your God is in you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. I said to the team tonight, we need to start looking the enemy in the eye and saying, do you have any idea who my God is? We run from the enemy. David didn't run from the enemy. David said, you, do you, you, you know who you're talking smack to? You're talking. Do you know who my God is? I might only have three little pebbles here, and you might be this big honking giant with lots of armor and a big mouth and a big old sharp sword. But can I just tell you what? I am a child of the Most High God. Did you know who I am? Do you know who you're messing with? You see, so many of us, we back down and we give in to bondages and addictions and captivity, and we need to start saying, Do you know who my God is? Bondage. He is my bondage breaker. The word deliver, it, it also means, it refers to the taking of objects from another's power. I, I love that. It, it's really translated recover. But my very favorite, my, my very favorite definition of deliver here is plunder, is to plunder. Oh, hmm. you, see, some of you are forced to restore that which you did not steal. Who knows that the enemy? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That word "steal" it's where we get our word "pickpocket." It means he pickpockets. Anybody ever been pickpocketed? Uh, you don't even know you've been pickpocketed. They're sly. They're good. You know, you go, you go home, and you're like, "Where's my wallet?" You got pickpocketed. They're sly. They're they're slick. You don't even realize what's happened. And that's the enemy of our soul. He is a supernatural pickpocket. And he is stealing from us. Some of you, he's stealing your children. He's got them addicted to drugs and alcohol. And you're sitting back letting him steal from you. Some of you, you're letting him steal your marriage. You'd sooner go to the courthouse and file for divorce than say, give me back my marriage. And it's time we stop letting him steal from us. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is a pickpocket. But I love the word plunder. Hey, anybody know what plunder means in the Bible? You see it over and over in, in the Bible that, that, that um, it's when you defeat an enemy and you go into their camp and you strip them of all their good stuff. You take all the, the expensive stuff and the, you know, the money and the gold and the silver and the, all the good stuff, you plunder them and you leave them with nothing and you take it all. <laughs> See, some of you have been, he's been stealing from you for a long time. And it's time that my God delivers you. It's time you let my God deliver you. And that word deliver means plunder. It's time to plunder. Do you know that in the Old Testament, when, when the, the law said that if somebody steals from you, and they get caught stealing, they had to pay you back Sevenfold sevenfold seven is also is always completion it means perfection or completion and what that what they're saying is you have to have complete restitution for whatever's been stolen from you oh somebody's got to say amen to that one do you understand that the enemy of your soul has been stealing from you and the law says it's time buster that you pay back everything you sold and I want sevenfold I want perfection I want complete restoration because my God will deliver me and I am plundering the enemy's camp I'm plundering it today, my mom three years ago died. Worst year of my whole entire life. I've had some bad years, can I just tell you, but 2009, Dave and I were just talking about this, and 2009 was by far the worst year of my whole entire life, my my whole life. I, I said to Dave, if I could redo that, I, I would just erase it out of my whole life, because that was just a horrible, horrible year for me, And and it started out in January, and and, and Dave did something to me. I said, honey, can I share this story tonight? And, and he was so good. He, he said, absolutely. Dave, Dave hurt me, and he hurt me. I don't just mean he hurt me. He hurt me so bad I could hardly get back up. And and before your mind goes someplace gossips, can I just tell you it's not a moral failure. He didn't hurt me that way, but he did something that I could just barely get up from. It knocked me off my feet. I just wanted to die. Anybody ever had the kind of pain that you just want to die? It hurts so bad. It was that kind of pain. I just And then my kids started spinning and, and doing one thing after another. And when you got seven, it when one starts, I mean, I'm telling you, can go right down the right down the path and and they were I was just so hurt by some of the choices they were making and and then I got this eating disorder that just almost destroyed my life it controlled my every moment I would look at a plate of food and I'd be like a panic would just hit me because I couldn't eat it and and I would already be calculating the number of calories and what that was going to do to me and how long I'd have to exercise to get that food off of me and and that thing was consuming my every waking moment My counselor said, Rhea, you're committing a slow suicide. It's going to take your life. And then, on top of all of that, I get a call that my mom was outpatient surgery. My sweet mom, who I just adored, who had just been home laughing and carrying on with, and got a call that she'd had outpatient surgery and she was in intensive care and they didn't expect her to live, drove home had already canceled every engagement I had because of this eating disorder. I didn't know if I was ever gonna go back to the ministry that I love so much because one of the things I said is, I will never get in that pulpit and preach something that isn't preaching in my own life. And so I took myself out of ministry and all of that, canceled back-to-back weekends. And now my mom, I'm sitting at her bedside and I watch my mom, one of my dearest friends, die. I'm telling you, I was defeated. I I just, that was the hardest year of my whole entire life. And then I got mad. Then I was like, Satan, you bugger. You come to steal, kill, and destroy. Took me a whole year to get there. But I said, do you know who you're messing with? Do, Do you know That the more you strip from me, the more I'm going to demand back. And you thought I was high with the Lord before. You wait to see how high I go now. Because the law says, you got to pay back sevenfold. I'm not taking two. I'm not taking three. I'm not taking four. I want absolute, complete restoration of everything that you've just stolen from me. And just like David... After he'd knocked Goliath down, he used the very thing that he came at him with to to take his life, to do damage. And I'm telling you, I took that sword of Goliath, and I said, I will spend the rest of my days giving you a black eye for this one. You tried to steal, but you're going to restore seven times for what you've done. You see, my God... I'm telling you, I don't preach to you because I study this stuff. I'm telling you, my God is able to deliver. My God is able to deliver. Do you know that? Do you you know that you don't need to stay in a pity party? Do you know that you don't need to stay stripped of everything that matters to you? Do you know that you don't have to lay in a dead-end marriage? My God is able to deliver you. And that's not into the arms of another spouse. That is able to deliver that marriage and bring new life into it. He says he's able to deliver us from the Fowler snare. I just love this. I, I, I'm just going to leave my notes, and y'all can just pray that I'm able to just remember what I studied because I need to come down there with you. But the Fowler snare. The, the word snare there is trap. <laughs> anybody here tonight trapped? I, I just wonder if any of you are trapped. If there's anybody trapped in a dead end job, are you are you trapped in a in a loveless marriage? Are you trapped in in an addiction? Are you trapped in a, in 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 a, uh, job that you hate? Are you, are you trapped in, in, a, in a home where, where you just don't even feel like it's your home anymore? Are you trapped in memories that, that are haunting you? Are you trapped in it? What are you trapped in? Is there anybody here tonight that's trapped? Maybe you're trapped in, in anger. You hate who you are when you act like that, but you just don't know how to get free from it. Are you trapped? Maybe some of you are are trapped in in a place where you just feel unloved. You you, you drive around town just not wanting to even go home because you don't even want to face what's there. You're lonely. You feel unloved. Are you trapped? Some of you go to work every day and you know that that job is not even what God wants for you, but it's paying the bills and you hate it every day and you live for the weekends. Are you trapped? Some of you are trapped with credit card bills coming out the ears because you have a gambling addiction or you have a clothing addiction or or, or whatever. And you feel like you're never going to get those things paid for, so what's the use? You just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. Are you trapped? Some of you are trapped with a secret sin. You think, if people only knew who I was, but I'm doing this really good job covering it up, and you hate yourself for who you are when nobody's looking, but you don't know how to get free from it, you're trapped. Is there anybody here tonight that's trapped? Has somebody done you dirty? Has somebody hurt you deeply? and instead of forgiving them, you've taken offense, you, you're really angry. Every time you see them, every time somebody mentions their name, you just your skin crawls, and you're trapped in unforgiveness and bitterness. I wonder if anybody's trapped. Are you trapped in religiosity? You've been in church all your life. You've gone through the motions. You know more scripture than I know, but, but you see it's not even doing anything for you. You're just going through the motions, and you're trapped in mediocrity. Is anybody trapped tonight? Are you trapped in a bad thinking pattern? You you're just mull it over, over, and over and in your life, and you're trapped. Are you trapped by fear? You know God has more for your life, but you try to step and it paralyzes you because you're so afraid of stepping into the unknown. You're trapped by fear. Some of you are trapped by anxiety. You lose sleep all night long because you're just replaying things and you're anxious about them and you're borrowing trouble that isn't even yours to borrow and, and you're trapped. Is there anybody trapped? Maybe you're trapped with an eating disorder. Maybe it's not like mine. Maybe you can't even, you can't stop yourself from eating. Maybe it's where you comfort yourself and you turn to food instead of turning to God and you're trapped. You just can't get out. It's an addiction. You can't stop. Is anybody trapped tonight? My God, surely my God will deliver you from the snare, from the trap. Do do, do you know I brought a trap along tonight? Leslie said she wasn't going to set it for me because she got snapped. We all got snapped from this thing. It is nasty. Listen to this. It's a rat trap. And I love love Luke 1. I think it's one. It's Luke 17 something. Jesus said, you can be sure. This is Jesus. It's in red. He said it. He means what he says. You can be sure. Count on it. Offenses will come. The word offense there, anybody ever been offended? You, you know, I don't just mean Susie down the street offending you because, you know, some of you, somebody can look at you wrong and you take offense to it. it and so saying, say, you know, maybe she had a hard day or maybe he was just having some trouble at home. you You take offense to it or... Or maybe you take offense to something your your boss asked you to do and didn't use a very nice tone of voice in doing it. Or maybe you take offense because of the way you were raised as a child. Or you've taken offense. And Jesus said, you can be sure that those offenses will come, but woe to the man. Oh, see, that's what we miss. Woe to the man through whom they come. I, I read a scripture this week that talked about how you and I, <laughs> he, he's talking, I just want to get to it because it's too good and I don't want to misquote it. He, he says this, and this is just, ah, oh, this is just good stuff. He says in Ephesians 2, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit. This is what I want you to hear. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Oh, does that get anybody besides me? Do you know what it's saying? That Satan is the work in the hearts of each one of us who refuse to obey God. I I just have to ask you. That, that means that you and I are a tool for him sometimes. We are the bait and the trap for people sometimes because we allow him to use us as a tool to get to somebody else. Do you understand that? When you gossip about somebody, when you're nasty to somebody, when you do something dirty to somebody, when you're jealous, what you're doing is you're letting that spirit of the enemy be at work in your heart. Does that get anybody besides me? I don't want that. Do you want any of that in your life? He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse, (laughs) refuse to obey God. I'm just asking the Lord to get me to a point when when people do me dirty, when people hurt me, when people offend me, that I'm able to say, you know what? (laughs) Lord, help me to see. Help me to pity them. Because they are being a tool in the hand of the enemy to get to me. Help me to pity them, Lord, not to be angry with them. So Jesus said, you can be sure that offense will come. I want you to hear this. If you don't hear anything else I say the whole entire night, the, the word offense that Jesus uses there, this is why it's so important to know the original language. That word offense there is the word scandal on. It's where we get our word scam or scandal, okay? And that word on," it means the bait, the trigger of the trap where the bait is kept, right here. You follow me? It's where we put the cheese, the tasty stuff. And and so what Jesus is saying is you can be sure that the opportunity to take the bait from the enemy will come. Because we have an enemy who's a fowler, who sets snares for us, who sets traps for us. And what's the purpose of a trap? To keep somebody caught in bondage, in captivity, to keep them trapped so they're not effective. You see, he understands that if you and I are free indeed, if you and I are really walking in victory, we are going to do damage to his kingdom. If we're living in the secret place of the Most High, we are going to be dangerous for his kingdom. Oh, he has to set some traps. He wants to keep us. Like we want to keep a mouse out of our kitchen. He wants to keep us from having any power in his kingdom. And so how does he do it? He sets traps. Is anybody trapped tonight? I'll tell you who the culprit is. I'll tell you who the fowler is. That word fowler means bait layer. Oh, bait layer. Do do you know that it's the bait in the trap that attracts the mouse? He he loves cheese. And and you know what? You're careful where you put your mice traps. You don't put them in the bathroom. Where do you put them? You you put them in the pantry where you know he's going to fall into it. You know where he's vulnerable. And can I just, the enemy of your soul, he knows where you're vulnerable. He knows what's tasty to you. What's tasty to you might not be tasty to me. But he knows. He's been watching you. He's calculated. He's not in any hurry to get you in a trap. Because when he gets you, he wants you to be caught for a very long time. And so he lays some bait. And it's bait, Sean. It's bait that you are going to want to taste. It's, it's bait that's going to lure you. It's bait that's going to say, come on, Sean, have a little tasty nibble here. And what happens when, when a mouse reaches for the bait? He's caught. And don't you, that's why the Bible says over and over, don't be unaware of the enemy's schemes. He's a bait layer. He's a snare setter. And don't be unaware of his schemes. I pray all the time with less. I'm all, we always pray, Lord, give us eyes to see the enemy's schemes. Don't let us be unaware of the enemy's schemes because traps, you just fall into them. You're not even looking for them. You just happen to, to stumble upon them. That's why traps are so good. My brother was a muskrat trapper. He, he trapped all kinds of animals. But I'll tell you what, he would disguise that trap for those muskrats, that they would just sniff that bait and want it. Their little mouse would be watering. They'd want that bait, and they just stumble into that trap. They didn't even know what hit them. And you see, that's what happens to us. Before we know it, we're caught. We're caught. Oh, Lord, don't let us be unaware of the enemy's schemes. Do do you understand that Jesus said, you can be sure that offenses will come? Somebody is going to offend you. Somebody's going to try to hurt you. Somebody's going to look at you wrong. Somebody's going to say something nasty about you, and it's going to get back to you. And you are going to have the opportunity to take the bait. There's another scripture that says, "It's to my glory to overlook an offense." <laughs> I, I just love this. This is where I'm getting at in my life, where somebody does me dirty, somebody somebody offends me, and I can walk away and say, "I'm not taking that bait." Somebody uh, just today something happened, and I thought to myself, "Not taking that bait." I'm not unaware of your schemes. Throw that thing in the garbage can because I'm not taking that bait. It's to my glory to overlook an offense. So you could try to hurt me tonight. I'd say, it's to my glory. Not taking that bait. She's a tool in the hand of the enemy because you know what? He's at work. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey the Lord. We need to be careful. That the enemy isn't using us to bait a trap for somebody else to get caught in. Who are you talking about? Who are you gossiping about? Who are you listening to that crap from? Can I just tell you? That's on my list, by the way, that word. (laughs) Who are you doing that to? Do you understand that by doing that, you are a tool in the hand of the enemy? Maybe you want to be there, but I don't. I'm running for cover. I'm running for cover. So he uses, sometimes he uses a fence as a trap for us. And this week I was reading in uh, Numbers 11. If you have time, I'm going to preach that if we ever get out of Psalm 91. But if you have time, go read Numbers 11. I don't even know how I got there. Do you remember? I was so pumped about it. I wish I could have talked to you on Tuesday morning because I was high as a kite on that thing. But. But here's the gist here's the, 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 the of that whole story in Numbers 11. The Israelites, we talked about how they're coming out of Egypt, and they're going through the wilderness. They're wandering through the wilderness. Well, when they came out of the wilderness, when they came out of Egypt, remember, the Israelites are who? God's people. You and I, God's people. But, but the, there were some people that came with them out of Egypt. Uh, they, were, they were what they called the rabble. They, they were people who, who, who really believed in the Israelites' God. They, they, they really did, but they weren't sold out like the Israelites were. They, they weren't really committed. They, they believed in them. I mean, they said all the right things, and, and they recognized that the Israelites were living in prosperity, well, were, were, were not getting plagued, and, and God was with them. And, and so they wanted what the Israelites had, and so they, they went along with them. So they were called the rabble. They were the mixed, there, there's another mixed multitude, I think one of the versions say. And, and they, were, they were with the Israelites when they were going through the wilderness and, and when they were going to the promised land. And, and here's what hit me this week. I was reading this passage in Numbers 11, and it said that, that, that all of a sudden, they began to murmur and complain. This is just good. That the rabble, Began to murmur and complain. You see, sometimes a trapper will use a decoy. He'll use something that looks like the real thing, (laughs) but they're fake. He'll use something that, that looks like the real deal to lure you in, to put you in his trap, a decoy. And the rabble, you know, they were really, they, they really did believe in God. But, you know, they, they, they were just murmuring. There's so much better back in, 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 in Egypt. And we want meat. And why can't we have meat? And, and this is just so bad. And, and they started to get, the word says they got the fat people. Now, it doesn't mean fat. That word fat means, oh, this is just so good. One who seeks the face of oil. Anybody here tonight want to seek the face of oil? The team was praying tonight downstairs, and, and they were talking about these, these stories we that we've been hearing and the, 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 the incredible stuff that God is doing that he's letting us watch him do. And I said to him, I just need to warn you. I just need you to hear me say that this is not about us, guys. We're not doing anything here. We're just the garment that he wears. We're nothing, guys. This is all about him, and our job is to not seek this stuff, is to not not seek the healings. It's not to seek the deliverances. Our, God, our job is to seek the face of oil. And when we do, the power for all that will come. But these were people who were seeking the face of oil. They were the anointed ones, the fat ones, the ones who were really sold out to God, and they got mixed in with the rabble. See, the rabble, were the out, they were living on the outskirts. They were the ones that were furthest from the flame, furthest from the cloud, furthest from his glory. Can I tell you that we can be in church all of our life and sit on the outskirts and be far from his flame and far from his glory. And we can never experience the fullness of God that he wants us to experience. I don't know about you. I said to Les, I want to wait up under that cloud. I'd be saying, get out of the way. I don't care what tribe you belong to. I'm coming up front. I want near this cloud. Would you not do that? I would not want to be in the back in the outskirts. And the big old cloud is up there. I want as close to that thing as I, I've seen the Red Sea. I know what that cloud can do. I want as close to that protection as I can possibly get. And these people were lingering in the outskirts. Are you lingering in the outskirts tonight? Are you lingering? Are you happy to be on the outskirts? Just going through the motions. Oh, can I just tell you there's trouble back there. There's trouble. The rabble is back there, and they're decoys of the enemy. They look really good. They can say all the right things. They even know some scripture. They they they, could, they they are in church with you, but when you start getting near them, they start wearing off on you. They start influencing your behavior. You start. Do you know that when the wrath of God came into that story, do you know who it hit? Do you know who He took first? You think the rabble? Nope, you know who he took? Who he, fire destroyed? You know who it was? The ones who sought the face of oil, who were hanging with the rabble and fell under their influence And it. You know, iron sharpens iron. But there's something that dulls iron as well. And it's a trap of the enemy. To come after you, to come after your passion, to come after your hunger for God. And if he can put a decoy in your life that looks really good. Oh, I talked to somebody this week and she was saying, Rhea, this this guy just loved him, and and he and I thought he was really a believer, and there was a Bible on his nightstand. Oh, he was a decoy. He was rebel. Rebel. If he's gonna lure you in his bed without a ring on your finger, he is rebel. I don't care if he can preach every scripture in the Bible. Get that rubble out of your life before the fire comes. Oh, Leslie. I keep these nice little neat notes because I want to stick to them. (laughs) Lord, are you trapped tonight? Are you trapped? Have you fallen into the trap of the enemy? He knows what bait to use. Can I just tell you, I got on a trapper site this week, and I just wanted to see, you know, what kind of bait, because every animal gets a different kind of bait. And Do you know that skunks are really lured in by grape jelly? Who the thunk? Or coyotes. If you want to trap a coyote, the best way to do it is watermelon slices. I mean, would you ever give them that any kind of thought? And see, the trappers, there's this whole website. Make sure you don't waste your time using the wrong bait. Make sure you use the right bait because that's what's going to lure him in. Can I tell you, the enemy doesn't waste his time using the wrong bait. If grape jelly's going to lure you in, he will put grape jelly in the trap. If you are a woman who, who's, who, who isn't confident in herself and who needs the affirmation of men and there's not a ring on your finger or even if there is a ring on your finger and you need the affirmation of man, trust me, he's going to bring a trap and it's going to be set with a good-looking man who says all the right things. And if, and if you're a, a man living in a loveless marriage and your wife doesn't affirm you the way you want to be affirmed and, you know, you, you work so hard and nobody ever thanks you for it and I promise you. There's going to be a woman at work who's going to say, oh, you worked so hard for your wife. She's so lucky to have you. She doesn't appreciate you, does she talk to me about it? Trust me. If you've been rejected and you have a root of rejection in you, trust me. He's going to bring one friend after another who rejects you, who abandons you, who hits on that spot in you that just traps you. If it's alcohol and you have a weakness for that and you're trying so hard in your own strength to get free of it, trust me, he will bring the right friend beside you who's just so much fun and they will lure you right to the bar on Friday night. Gambling. Do I need to go any further? He will hit on your weak spot. He knows the right bait to set for you. The bait that works for you might not work for me but he knows, he studied you, he knows it. Don't be unaware of the enemy's schemes. And so maybe tonight you you admit you're caught in a trap and you've been there for a long time. Maybe you're just miserable. There's a lot of miserable people I deal with. Can I just tell you that I just wanna say, do do you understand how pathetic you sound right now? And, And the power of God is in your life and you have chosen To stay in a trap of self-pity, woe is me. My life stinks. Your life is so good, Ria. Can I just tell you, my life is good because I get up every single morning and I seek the face of oil like everything I could possibly. Dave said to me the other day, Ria, you got to get some sleep. You look exhausted. you got to get some sleep. Can I just tell you, I'm too trapped to get some sleep. I need the face of oil. I need the one who can deliver me. But you see, people look at my life and they say, see, She can preach that because she doesn't have any problems. Trust me. Trust me. Freedom takes work. Takes work. He says to the man who was crippled, he says, take up your mat and walk. Pick up that mat. It takes work. Pick it up. You see, some of you just want a zap me mentality. Lord, zap me. I know you're, you're able to deliver me. Well, maybe his deliverance includes some choices you're going to have to make. The choice to be obedient. The choice to seek his face. The choice to get in his presence. The choice to say no to some garbage. The choice, I, I got to tell you, I'll just be honest with you. Leslie can say this, can agree with me. This year, the Lord has removed some rabble from my life people who I love dearly, people who who mean the world to me, and they've just disappeared out of my life. And I'd be like, it it hurt me at first. I'd be like, what did I do? And then then I'm reading this story, and I'm like, huh, you're just taking rabble. Because you knew their influence wasn't going to take me higher. You knew it was going to drag me lower. Maybe it takes removing some rabble from your life still loving them, still being there for them, still encouraging them, but you know what? Even Jesus didn't let everybody into his inner circle. He, he took a few into the garden with him. Even of the 12, he narrowed it down to a few and took deeper with them. Maybe you're in a trap of your own making. You made some choices and now you're caught in the enemy's trap. Doesn't say he'll deliver those who made good choices. You think if I can just fix myself enough, then I'll, I'll get to God, and I'll, you know, then I'll be okay, and I'll, I'll seek God when I can fix myself and get myself out of this trap. Have you ever tried to help an animal who's caught in a trap? It's nasty. They, they will growl. They will bite you, and you can say, little one, I'm just trying to help you out of this trap. I'm trying to help you. But you see, they'll, they'll snap at anybody who tries to help them. And that's some of you, I, I'm, I'm going to say this as soft as I can, but some of you have been in a trap for so long, and people who love you and want to love on you, you attack. You're nasty, too. You, you think you have a right to be like that in their life. You know, like, you have a right to just say mean things and then apologize later and expect it to be okay. You're in a trap. You're in a trap. But my God can deliver he can deliver. He can deliver. I promise you, he can deliver. Are you trapped tonight? Maybe it's sexual sin. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a thinking pattern. Doesn't matter. He says he'll not only deliver you from the snare of the fowler, but he'll deliver you from the, the perilous pestilence. I know we're running late on time, but I just have to get to this because it's so good. That word pestilence, you know, I, used, I thought it was disease, and I'd be like, Lord, you know what, you don't have to tell me that in Psalm 91 because that's not even a condition. Psalm 91 is, is a conditional psalm, and, and you say by your stripes I'm healed, and that's not conditioned. You went to the cross for me, and, and I, I'm not going to believe that that's diseases, so I started to do some, some study on that word pestilence and, and really what it means in the, the Greek, which is the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew. He, they translate that word as matter or deed or word spoken. Right, now stay with me. So pestilence is really words spoken. Perilous means troubling, disturbing, terrifying, dreadful. It, it's a picture of evil, slanderous, slanderous words or a sharp word or troubling words that have been spoken over you. Oh, (laughs) some of you have had some troubling words spoken over you, some evil words. Maybe as a little child, you had words spoken over you. Maybe a mama who was broken just said some things she wishes she could have taken back, and she can't, and and it's embedded in you. It's it's a trap. It's a pestilence. You see, pestilence spreads, doesn't it? It spreads death. Pestilence spreads death death, and it spread death. Those words spoken over you, maybe by a spouse who left you, maybe by a friend who hurt you, uh, those words are just spreading death through your life. They're spreading death, they're spreading disease, it's, it's corrupting your whole life. Can I just tell you that my God will not only deliver you from the, the fowler snare, he will deliver you from the evil, slanderous, nasty, terrifying, awful words that have been spoken over you. He can heal that memory. He can heal you. He can set you free. And he who the Son sets free, precious ones, are free indeed. You see, I'm just so tired of the body of Christ just sitting back and taking this and letting the enemy steal. It's time that we plunder. It's time that we plunder. Dave and I watched a movie this week and I just want to close with this. Dave and I watched a movie this week. It was called Here Comes the Boom. It's it's a cute little movie we got free tickets for it and we went and dave just loved it and 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 it's about a mixed martial arts fighter fighter. a little violent for me but um i was watching this guy fight in the ring in the ring and and at first he went to this ring because he heard that if he just lost he'd get ten thousand dollars so he figured he'd take a good punch fall he gets ten thousand dollars and so he really never went into it thinking he would win You see, because that's how we go into the enemy, the fight with the enemy, the ring with the enemy. We think, you know what, I'm not going to win anyway. Might as well just let him punch my lights out. Might as well let him steal all he wants to steal, make me as mean and nasty as he wants to make me, take my marriage, take my finances, take my children, you know, bam, 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 bam. And and as I'm watching this movie, I'm thinking, you know what? The best way to win a fight is never get in the ring. You fight from victory, not for victory. The battle's already been won. And and the best part about this movie was this guy's best friend and and his um, trainer, they would sit outside the ring and just yell smack. I mean, they'd just be, you know, talking big because, you know, they're on the outside of the ring, nobody can touch them. And so they'd be talking all this stuff and I thought to myself, that's what we need to do. We need to not get in the ring to begin with. We need to stand outside, just yell some smack. Do you know who my God is? Do you know that he's going to perfect everything that concerns me? Do you know that he's able to deliver? Do you know that my sons will be taught by the Lord and great will my children's peace be? Do you know that I don't fear the pestilence? Do you know that I don't have a spirit of fear? I got a sound mind. We got to start talking some smack from outside the rink instead of getting in because we win. We win and the take homes a whole lot more than $10,000. It's freedom. It's liberty. There's no bruises or cuts to show for it. He is able to deliver. It's time, church, that we start plundering. It's time this one of my one of my favorite scriptures is we're forced to restore that which we did not steal. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry you've been stolen from. I've been stolen from. Trust me. I'm sorry you've been done dirty. I'm sorry you've been hurt. I'm sorry you're forced to restore your life now. You're forced to get your feet back on the ground because of what's been done to you. But you know what? Can I tell you that God is with you? And if God before you, who can be against you? Who can be against you? That the same power that raised Christ from the dead is working in you. And he will deliver you. He will deliver you. So, Father, we just thank you that you will deliver us. Surely you will. I'm assured of it, Lord. I believe you. I'm fully persuaded that you're able. You are God and nothing's impossible for you. And I pray for every impossible circumstance in here tonight, for every person that's sitting here and saying, well, that's good for you, but you don't know the trap that I'm in. Father, I pray that you'd silence that lie in the name of Jesus and that faith would begin to arise in them and that they would begin to see the power of God at work in their life. Father, I thank you that with your hand, one touch from you, Lord. One touch from you, and the captive can be set free. The prisoner can be loosed. Lord God, the the, the broken heart can be mended, Lord. And I pray, Father, that everyone here tonight, Lord, would just sense your touch like they've never sensed it before. Lord, that they would just, just sense your power in their life. Lord, show them. Show them your delivering power. Show them, Lord. Thank you that you're the redeemer. To redeem means to buy back. Lord, I I pray that you'd restore the years the locusts have eaten in so many of their lives. I pray that hope would begin to arise, that they would be people, that I would be a person, Lord, of no compromise. I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. I'm not taking that bait. My God is going to deliver me. I'm not getting in that trap. Lord, I thank you that no temptation has come upon us but what's common to man and that you will always give us a way out, Lord. Teach us to cry for the way out before we even get caught in the trap. So, Father, I pray for for my brothers and my sisters here tonight, Lord. I pray that faith would begin to arise in them. I pray, Lord God, that a passion, a fire for more of you would begin to ignite in their hearts and in their minds. I pray, Lord, that they would hunger like they've never hungered for the things of God. And, Lord, that you would take us to the secret places with you and show us the hidden treasures, Lord. The hidden treasures that lie there with you in the depths of who you are. Would you bless each one, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Rhea Briscoe, a division of Snowdrop Ministries. For more information about Rhea or how to connect with Snowdrop Ministries, please visit our website at www.snowdropministries.com or you can call 414 581 8150 We pray you are both encouraged and challenged to go deeper and grow stronger in your walk with Christ.